0: you for listening to episode 16 of 60 minutes with i'm dave and in this episode i'm joined by a man who on screen is one of the baddest bad guys that you've ever seen and yet off screen he's been a minister for over 30 years uh, we get to chat Martial Arts, we bring up Bruce Lee, uh, Chuck Norris, Jim Kelly. We talk about the stunt work that he's done. We talk about sports, American football, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, yes, there's, there's going to be some talk about Pittsburgh sport in there. Uh, we also get to talk about the fantastic work that he does as a minister in prisons uh, and on Skid Row as well. Uh, we packed so much into the 60 Minutes with and it was truly an honour to have a chat with this man as I'm sure you'll agree when you listen to it. So please sit back, relax, get comfortable and enjoy 60 Minutes with Mel Novak. All right Mel, the first thing again with a guest, I've got to thank you for giving your time. I'm always very grateful for anybody that gives me the time to chat with me. Oh my pleasure, yes. And we we were chatting, weren't we, just before we started the recording. um I mean, listeners know of my love of Pittsburgh. I've been a Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> fan for, oh, thirty two 32 years now, I think. And, of course, you were born in Pittsburgh. Yeah, born and
1: raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Steeler Nation. Oh, that's so good to hear. Steeler Nation.
2: <laughs> let's Yeah.
1: Yeah, let's hope to go a bit further this coming season, too. I know. I, I was sick when they lost that, because I don't like Voldemort at all. Oh,
0: no. They're deadly rivals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, I mean, your affiliation with Pittsburgh as well. You played for the Pirates, the baseball team.
1: Yeah, I was signed with the Pittsburgh Pirates organization, and uh, that was probably my first big disaster. Uh, You know, I never got hurt in football. I had 60 scholarships all over the country, major universities. I had an appointment to Annapolis, and uh, I played offense and defense and never got hurt. So... I end up signing a pro baseball contract and year and a half later, I had a massive rotator cuff tear and, and when they operated, they butchered me. I mean, I, I was a cripple for five years.
2: Wow, that's terrible. I
1: went From what they called a real-class athlete to a cripple. And that was brutal. Uh, scholarships gone, everything's gone, and, and, and I'm... I'm literally a gimp with that shoulder and, and that arm and everything. I went from 180, 188 pounds to 158. They had a 27 pound cast, body cast. And it was, with all the stress and trauma and not understanding about spiritual warfare then, it was, it was very difficult. But, you know, the good thing was that uh, I never did drugs, I never did alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, when a young kid's life is a disaster, they'll medicate, escape, and do whatever it takes to to you know walk for, walk from this pain and uh, that was that was something because i I deal with people with drug addiction and alcoholism, and uh, so I'm grateful got his hand
0: on me and it wasn't easy it's been good I mean because you've stayed focused all the way through your career through a number of things that we're going to touch on Um, I mean let's let's start with the martial arts when when and how did you get into martial arts well actually
1: uh, when I came to California I never did anything in in Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and when I came to California I just uh, I had to get away from for Pittsburgh, everybody would keep me reminding you: you should have done this, you should have gone to college, and, and you know that gets old. Yeah. So I came to California, and I was working uh, in an insurance company, and that's where my actually my career started. As a gal says, I have a cousin that's a modeling agent. Would you like to meet her? Said, sure. So I started modeling, and then uh, went to acting schools and. And the first movie I did with martial arts was Black Bell Jones. And before I did that, I was, uh, you know, learning some martial arts. Uh, Pat Johnson, who was a great stunt coordinator, and he he, he taught Steve McQueen uh, in karate. He was his, Steve was his student. So that's where I started, and I had a lot of different, people that i was like a mongrel you know you learn a little bit from this a little bit from that (laughs) and then black bell jones which was a big money maker that year i played a hitman named blue eyes and uh i did my robert klaus was a director oh yeah as i was doing my my fight i always hung hung out with the stuntmen and the uh the guys that uh, you know do a lot, a lot of the stuff. That's how I learned. So he left. He left that fight in in at the car wash with all those suds. He left everything. I was the only one that he did it in slow motion. He said it was so real, <laughs> and and that that came back to my athletic. You know, I learned. I learned how to you know take fight uh, the fight scenes and and use them. And then uh, and that, well, I was a villain there. So you know the, the the great thing that happened there was that he took me to Hong Kong to do the game of death, Bruce Lee's last picture. yeah and uh, so that was that was like awesome. You know you got get I was over in Hong Kong seven weeks, but it all started with uh, you know the, the big part was uh, the big movie was Black Bell Jones and uh warner brothers distributed so it was uh from there and i did and then you know in game of death i was working out for two weeks with these world karate champs and getting my butt kicked <laughs> and then a week before the, you know a week before the the big scenes uh robert Klaus says you know what, I don't want you to do in the karate. I want you to be like a street fighter with this. I said, you know, thanks love, Bob. <laughs> have told me that before I got whooped over there. But, but that that really, it's like everybody I ever met had seen that picture. In the prisons, uh, wherever you go. And uh, that that's where it really all started with martial arts. Uh, I've been to London. Uh, martial Arts Hall of Fame, and I and I was just in uh, Atlantic City in January, which was really cold. <laughs> I got uh, really a nice uh, honor, martial arts, really beautiful plaque. Alan Goldberg runs that, and he he's like a Rolls Royce of the of those martial arts uh, epics. And, and I've done probably about twelve, twelve, fourteen other ones, you know, films and martial arts. And you know, playing a villain, you always make the other person look good. <laughs> uh, I've died a lot of times in a movie, so. Yeah, uh... you
0: have died a lot of times in the movies. Only a loads of times. Yeah. And you, you also got um, inducted into the Martial Arts Hall of Fame in London too a few years back as well, didn't you?
1: Yes, yes, that's what I was uh, mentioning. In fact. Yeah. I'm sitting in my in my office den right now, and it's it's right up there. It's really nice. You know, pretty big, uh, uh, what would you call it? It's like a big bowl there and with a karate guy on top. It's very nice. And uh, there's other, other things, too, but, you know, I just tell them thank you very much. I'm honored. God bless you. And just uh, go on.
0: But it was, it, that was like a golden age though for martial arts films back in that time in yes. the 70s wasn't it with, with Bruce Lee and of course you worked with Jim Kelly in Black Belt Jones I know somebody else who was who was brilliant as well um, and then you've got you know like the likes of Steve McQueen because I'm sure everybody that's familiar with Bruce Lee has seen all the, the photographs because Bruce Lee himself he trained lots of people didn't he Oh celebrities he did, yeah.
1: too. there'll never be another one like him I mean he was, he was uh, just incredible and uh and his son too i knew his son cuz they had 10 years after bruce passed up at columbia studio they had a big uh, remembrance of him and his wife linda was there and and the son and daughter and i think uh, shannon was 15 and and uh, i forget how his, i think his sister was 13 and how he died was like when i shot Bruce in a in Game of Deaths, you know, he yeah. was doing the throw, so tragic, a lot of tragedy there, and uh, really sad, because, you know, everybody tries to emulate Bruce, but they they just can't, and they won't, no. they'll never, no. and I work with Joe Lewis, uh, he passed away, he had brain cancer, Jim Kelly passed away, he had stomach cancer, so you know, you, you take care of your body when you're young, it'll take care of you later, but you start screwing around with drugs, it's going to eat you
0: up. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, it is.
1: Just, uh, I see so much of that. And you see people in the, uh, you know, I'm not going to give a name, but there's an actor I know, that brilliant actor, great, that's some great movies, got uh, millions, but he's a, alcoholic, drug addict, and he's suicidal. And when I did, he wants the peace that I have, but he doesn't want the Prince of Peace that gives it. So I told them, well, you know, you know, this is going to happen to you if you commit suicide. So now he's afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I told him about Hades and the lake of fire. So at least uh, that's one part. But it, it, it's just tragic that when you have everything imaginable and it's still not enough, like yeah. when I go into a federal prison, you see, these people who were doctors, lawyers, or surgeons, and these these three multimillionaires in Texas in this federal prison—these are old guys—and I said, "Help me to understand why you would even do something to jeopardize your freedom." The G word, greed. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're now you're here. Someone else is going to spend your money. What does it take to satisfy your soul? But. uh you know, like you said, focus, you know, I, I, have other things in life that I do. And, uh, like in, in 2014, I really had no big starring role, nothing. So I just, I did 268 services in Skid on prisons. And that this year already, you know, I work with Gregory who, whom, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and then I'm Leo Fong, who's, uh, Classic martial artist. He taught Bruce Lee too, Leo. Ah, oh, okay. So, yeah, I'm doing a movie with him right now called Runaway Killers, and uh, we have, uh, I think, a couple of days. We got that big epic ending, which is good. So I get to shoot a couple of people. So that's
2: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: uh, actually we got, I think, uh, in Samurai, Samurai Cop Two Deadly Vengeance. Uh, I think you got a day or two pickup because I got this one huge scene. I'm really chomping at the bit to do, and then in April, I think 17th, I start uh, Syndicate Smasher, and my title, is my my name is above the title, and I got a. It's a really an action adventure. Wow, this this is Benny is the director, and then uh, there's two pictures in June. I have a. I don't know which one I'd be thinking about doing. And then uh, Gregory Hatanaka is doing another one in November he wants me to do. So all at once, like everything is amazingly opening up and I'm not even following or pursuing. This is, yeah, this is it. I mean, cause it sounds like you've got an incredibly busy year. Yes, yes, very. And uh, see what, what keeps me going, like one day I, I was working on uh, Runaway Killers, and, and the next day I was down to Skid Row ministering, and then a the day after that I had a shooting, and a day after that I was down at L.A. County Jail, which is the worst jail in the in the country, the oh. whole country. Used to be Cook County, Chicago, for 20 years, but the biggest biggest jail in the world, I think, it's like about uh, 19 or 21,000 or three different facilities. Wow, that's huge. Yeah. Oh yeah we in our country, we have more people incarcerated than, than probably some twelve, fifteen countries put together.
2: Whoa
1: And you know the big, the big the big bugaboo is that is the drugs. just uh, there's some drugs I don't even know their names. someone tells me I said, whoa, whoa, where did that come from? And then the ones that and crystal myth is real big in, the, in our country. And now the choice of drugs for the young people, the teenagers and whatnot, is heroin.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And heroin is brutal. And uh, it's, but you know, it's always choices. David, there's choices in life, choices and choices. So it's kind of funny. You know, you you work and uh, doing a movie with a great role, and the next day you go to Skid Row. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, let's say,
0: I mean, you've said luckily you've stayed away from all of that, but there must, within uh, like the Hollywood system, and, and you've been in so many films over the years, there must be so much temptation for people within that system. Constantly. Oh, yeah,
1: it is. But see, it, it's the old pride and ego thing. I can handle it. No, you can't. It's like that, uh, I think it's that crystal meth they, they told me. You take it one time, it's like the greatest orgasm you ever had, and then from there on, you're chasing it, you never get it. But it's very, very, very addictive. Mm -hmm. And I've known people, after a year or two, their teeth, some teeth fall out, their skin, I mean, it's poison. It is poison. And, oh, I've been to parties in Hollywood where they had bowlfuls of cocaine. I said, no thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think with... Uh, Actually, when I came out here, my drug was was women. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, boy, but you know, again, you know, we talk about what I, life is short. What am I going to do with my life? Do I want to take a chance? See, people take a chance, and you know, in LA County jail, there, there's some really good actors that ended up there with drugs, yeah, of course. Uh, and you uh, know, I went and they were like uh, in a Locked down where people couldn't get in, but uh, the watch commander and I got favor with them, and they let me go in and administer to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. He he didn't want any, he didn't want to see any chaplains, so that's okay. It's a, again, it's a choice.
0: Yeah. Uh, but let's say you boy. again, but over the years, with while well, was on the subject of actors as well, you've worked with so many um do do any spring to mind which ones have you had the best time with i know you you got quite friendly with steve mcqueen as well yeah you? i love i
1: love steve he he was see he he really liked me because you know he spent some time in uh was in a juvenile in the juvenile facility and he knew what i did and that see he he didn't like the hollywood type people with all the you know the pride and ego i think they think they're hot and he was like a rebel in that in the industry, but uh, you know it was, he was great. Uh, I worked with uh, you know in the Game of Death, Gig Young. He had won an Academy Award, and uh, just just a lot of lot of good, nice people.
0: Uh, it was wasn't it Steve McQueen as well that pulled you into? Wouldn't you pulled into Tom Horn at at the last minute? Yeah, as well? you know he.
1: He wanted me to play the sheriff, which is really a good role. But the director did a movie with his, uh, I think his name was Bush, Billy Green Bush. And he insisted on, on him doing the, the sheriff. So and Steve says, okay, I'm sorry, uh, that won't work. And about four weeks later, if I, I get a call from Fred Weintraub and they're they're filming down in Arizona And he said, uh, Steve just fired three actors, and he said, uh, go call Mel. He said, they couldn't handle the dialogue. I says, and it was three in the afternoon. He says, your plane leaves at six. I saw man, well, when am I going to get the dialogue? So he says, well, when you get here, when I got there, it wasn't there. So the next morning, it takes an hour to go to the uh, old Tucson Western, Set and I so saw I'm really, really working, memorizing. And now we're in wardrobe, and this guy comes in and says, uh, Where's Mal Nova? Guys, here I am. He said, uh, Stephen, a director, wants you to do the other role, the one with the dialogue, all the dialogue, <laughs> and hurry up, ready to start shooting. I mean, I thought, Are you kidding me? <laughs> so now we're in a street, in that western street. And we got the, the script in our hand, and we're, we're doing it. And John Alonso, who is the uh, uh, cinematographer, he said to me, he says, "That's great what you're doing." He says, "That's exactly what what Steve wants for." I said, "John, they just gave this to me. I haven't even had a chance to work on it." He says, "You better hope that we do a lunch because we're ready to go and shoot." And I'm going, "Oh Lord!" And uh, so I prayed, and sure enough, we're we're ready. We're sitting in our around that table or we're going to do it. And someone says, you know, what? why don't we just go take uh, do our lunch and then we'll start freshman and come back. Man, I made a beeline from my dressing, <laughs> dressing room and it worked out. And he told me that whatever he does after that, I will I will have a good role. But he passed away. Uh, the, the last one he did was the hunter. And I went to him, I was supposed to go to uh, a Germany, London to do a, a movie, which I had a lead. And he said, oh, you gotta take that. And he said, we'll have other stuff. But unfortunately he passed. I used to minister to him and he had a cough that was horrible, you know. Cancer is, is, is an ugly animal. Mm-hmm. And I got, God healed me from prostate cancer and it took seven years, but I didn't do. I didn't have him take it out. I wouldn't do chemo, wouldn't do none of none of that stuff, because I heard the Lord say, "Trust me," and that was another miracle. I've had a lot of miracles in my life, and uh, that's why I don't take one day for granted. Yeah. Then you have, you know, you then you go, you can go and work on a film, and you know, have fun, and then you go down to the war zone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great though that you're still mixing both of these up. You're still doing two of the oh, yeah. things that you've got, you know that you've, you've got this passion for. Uh, uh, it's, it's so good that you're mixing between both of these. And obviously, as 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 movie fans, um, that, that you're back in the game as well, and you're making movies again, and we can see you back on screen. Uh, oh
1: yeah, that's uh, that's and then I like to play. You know, in real life. I'm not like I I, I do in the movies. <laughs> I mean, I've never shot and killed 10 people in, in in real life but in the movies I do that <laughs> and it's it's I and I go tell it sometimes I'll work I'll be working on a real heavy scene and then next day or two I'm down in the prison I says yo bro I just shot three people but see I went home took my makeup off because I use blanks you guys use the real stuff and here you are
2: mm-hmm <laughs> So, <laughs> you funny, brother. Mel. That's
1: the difference, is like, yeah. You're right there. Yeah, it's uh, I think it was last night, must have been midnight. I heard two gunshots. This was it had to be a big gun because it was loud. You got you got people that just mean
0: spirited people.
1: It's uh, it's
0: crazy, though, because it's, you know, obviously over here in the UK, we see it on the news all the time. But speaking personally, you know, from myself, who lives in the in the hills in Wales, it's it seems like a totally a different world, especially, you know, in L.A. as well. And, you know, you're talking about like gunshots at night and everything. It's yeah,
1: it's just like it's like this one. Inmate was ragging on God. I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you talking about? God didn't buy that gun. He didn't buy the bullets. He didn't load it. He didn't tell you to sneak up on another gangbanger and shoot him when he wasn't looking. Why are you? Why are you coming down on God? That's that's on you, Holmes. Just what I told him. But this is, you know, it's amazing to me that somebody. I've known people like a man, an inmate in Florida, had nine hundred nine nine years and nine nine day sentence." I've been to Pelican Bay, which is the worst penitentiary in the country. If you ever, I don't know if you have lock lockup, mm-hmm. you know, where you are. But the, the other night they had uh, Pelican Bay, San Quentin, and LA County Jail. And those that are, I've been to all three of those places. But I've been to Pelican Bay, and 83% of lifers will never, ever get out. Wow. Never get out. But, uh this is why you know just the freedom, the freedom to do whatever, to give that up and jeopardize
0: it is like beyond me. Oh yeah, yeah. You need to you need to enjoy enjoy life without doing any of the bad yeah. side of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, life life is tough, and where I deal, people with brokenness, the broken, broken people walking wounded, everywhere you go, David, and uh, you know. I don't care who you are. you're gonna go through a hard time in your life, and how are you gonna deal with it? see a lot of people uh I know personally they dealt with it by turning to drugs and now they're they're in a world of trouble
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know in in a, in the penitentiaries you know you got two hundred three hundred thousand dollars inside i mean they' they're drug dealing inside wow, I mean, it's amazing, yeah. yeah. And they make this pruno. It's called pruno. They get fruit and it ferments. <laughs> they get sugar, put water in there, and they sleep in the bag where it gets warm. And this one inmate told me it tastes terrible, but you get drunk as a skunk.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, Yeah. Amazing. It tastes is, amazing. One inmate swallowed five balloonfuls of drugs cocaine, heroin. And what he didn't realize, he had an acidy stomach. Oh, no. One of them broke. He died so fast, you, you just couldn't even imagine.
0: Oh, that's awful.
1: And in, in the, one day this uh, the county jail, he had a whole bunch of these young gangbangers, you know, 18, 19 years old. So I, I have my flyer that shows the movies I've done. And like I think there's uh, like eight, eight or nine pictures there, different movies and my testimony. And so this one bringer says, hey, chaplain, do you do all these movies? I says, yeah. He goes, you know Karate Hunt? And I got real loud. Uh, yes, I do. And I'll use it if I have to. <laughs> we had stabbings. We had stabbings inside the church service.
0: In the, inside the church service? We had
1: two stabbings in 12 days last year in the church service, and I had a service three days after that, and I told them, I said, I got really an encouraging message for you, I want you to listen, and I know you all heard about the stabbings, I just want you to know, and if you come in with a shank, I'm going to take your eye out, then I'm going to repent. (laughs) You didn't hear a pin drop, (laughs) it's, uh, it's just amazing about the, you know they one guy I, I i i want respect i said you can't demand respect you got a command that has how you treat people but yeah. that's a big thing you know up in pelican bay i i i was i go up there every september and it cost me like a thousand dollars for that trip mm-hmm. and uh this one inmate was in the hole it's called the shoe secure housing unit and they put him in there because he was in a mexican mafia and that, and he wandered out. He didn't want to do that anymore. He he gave his life to Christ, and so they stabbed him sixteen times. Oh no! And he didn't die, but but he's he's in that he's in that shoe for for protection. But you're 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 locked down twenty three hours a day. You can't you get one hour out of twenty four hours, and that's that's a tough one right there.
0: Oh yeah, that's got to be. I mean, all you get oh, it's just yeah. it's
1: just one hour every day i watched i watched those guys like a hawk so i could you know as, as i played a lot of villains so i like to get different uh ideas of how some of them walk or they talk or little uh different habits what they do and so i'm always i'm always on the lookout
0: that's good because I mean, you're renowned for playing the bad guys and yeah, you play a good bad guy, <laughs> you know, really great bad guy. What's the? It must be fun playing the bad guy in films. Oh, it is. It's
1: like uh, in in uh, in Syndicate Smasher. You know, I'm I'm a mercenary, and I have a team of three—a gal and two guys—and uh, two of them were, were captured by these Russians, and here I come in with one of the other ones in his vehicle, and I got a fifty caliber. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm blowing all those Russians away, <laughs> oh. and then the the Mafia and the Yakuza. They they try to stiff me on a deal, so now they want to kill me. So I do a lot of killing in
0: that one. What's the favorite part that you've played? Have you got a particular one that stands out?
1: I really liked the Game of Death because I had that character locked. Uh, they had a from the States. They had a guy that was helping everybody with their characterization and everything. And after a day or, after a day's shooting, he came to me and said, I don't have anything to say to you. He said, you got that thing locked more than anyone I've ever seen. So uh, that one I liked, I liked uh, Sword of Heaven. I, I played a, uh, an assassin and uh, I had to learn to sword fight for the end and the fact the guy that was teaching he was. He, he taught Earl Flynn and Basil Rathbone in that one big fight they had. So that was fun to do that. And then I got my head cut off on that one. <laughs> but uh, that was. I had a really good role, and I wouldn't take it because this character used God's name in vain all through the picture. And I. Just, so they looked at every villain in Hollywood, and finally they. A, a Joseph Randazzo, producer, uh, says, the part's yours, take take it home, see if you want to do it. And I came back and said, I'd love to do it, but I don't use God's name in vain. I had 10 throat surgeries in 10 years, so I, I'm just blessed that I could even talk. He says, wait a minute, you're going to kill seven people and you don't want to use God's name in vain? <laughs> I said, you, you got it. He says, you mean you won't take the role? No, I can't do that. And so they had. They, he said, "All right, just a minute." They went in the other room with the, the director, executive producer, producer, and he came out and he says, "Okay." But it, you know, he asked me later to pray for his mom, and I led the wardrobe girl to the Lord and some other people. And it, it just—it's a—it's it, always a choice. And I refuse. Uh, I raised my two daughters. I wouldn't do nudity. I wouldn't do anything to bear. You know to embarrass them mm-hmm. or and I've lost roles, but that would that would you know everybody has a choice,
0: yeah, let I me mean, you
1: see so you may have lost those roles, but you know you've kept your, your peace of mind yeah exactly, you know, I wasn't like that this guy it was like a delicious gangster and i and I so when i got got the part, and I told that producer, you know I don't use guy's name in vain. Uh, and I told him, well, you know, I'm a Christian and and uh, I had surgery in my throat 10 times in 10 years. And so I went on to pick out my script and and he said, oh, we added this scene and you're going to do a, a scene in a in a hot tub na- naked with this girl over there. She was a 12, not a 10, gorgeous. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to do that. You know, my daughters are, are in high school and I don't want them embarrassed well, we saw your dad naked. I said, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And I told you, I'm not using God's name in vain. There's no need to be MFing and everybody else on top of it. Everybody's afraid of this guy. By the time I got home, the phone rang. All oh, male, we're so sorry. There's a change in casting. And, you know, David, for a moment there, I, I was going to go back down and and just play Star Spangled Banner on that producer's head. <laughs> But I, I, but I didn't. Uh, and, if, and and the picture tanked anyway. Never even got released. Oh, whoa. So, but th- th- these are things that happen in, in a business. And you got a lot, a lot of promises that are broken. and But the thing is, a lot of people, when that happens to them, they crash. Yeah. So all I got to do is go to Skid Row, and all you see is people homeless, addicted, afflicted, It is horrible. We got one of the worst skid rows in the world. You got thousands of people.
2: Is there
0: any any sign of it getting better? Can you see any future? Is it it just going to get worse? Yeah. Worse. Uh,
1: Population tripled last year. Yeah,
0: I think that's one of the main things, isn't it? Yeah,
1: you know, people losing their jobs, losing this, losing that. And then, I mean, you got, uh, I remember this lawyer. He lost his practice, his marriage, his uh, fortune, everything. And he ends up on Skid Row.
0: That's, that's it's, it's yeah. crazy, isn't it? Because people, he, you know, automatically assume when they see people on Skid Row, that for some reason, you know, they've always been there. They don't think that they they could have fallen from the top. They could have had this wealth and everything else, and then end up on the streets.
1: There's a lady that's uh, she used to be a judge in a courtroom. She's been down there 16, 17 years. I've known her. She is, she's demon-possessed. I have a captive audience because they have to listen before they eat. <laughs> and I use a lot of scriptures. I mean, I'll i use 100 scriptures in every message. And uh, that demon manifests and it starts screaming like a banshee monkey. But here's someone who is a judge. And she's absolutely filthy dirty. And she's probably... Uh, 60 years old now. And uh, she's been raped. I don't know how many times. And it's just amazing. You know. People need to know that. You know. We have a an enemy called the devil. And it's a battle. It's a war every day. That's why they, they start. Oh I could handle this. And before you know. They're addicted. Heroin. Heroin is brutal. I had this. This guy who was in prison who knew me and uh, when he got out, I do a, a radio show called Omega Man. I've done probably 52 of those. and It's like two hours. We did like four hours the other night about spiritual warfare and whatnot. And so this, the guy came to my Bible study, which is 80 miles. And he, he brought these three three young kids who were in, in the rehab this girl was 16 years old and she was a heroin addict I mean that blows me away yeah getting to it so early gee my goodness and you know I took my daughters and you know, their mother left left us a long time ago and when they were 8 and 11 9 and 12 I took them to Skid Row with me I just told them look you know I never drank, their drugs, but this could happen to you because when you go to high school, you're going to be tempted. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, all their friends got on cocaine and they didn't. And uh, they used to ask my daughter Leah, oh, why, why? She says, my dad took me to Skid Row and I don't even want to think about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the way to do it, definitely. But,
1: uh, yeah, it's... uh, I really enjoy working working in films and playing people that's the opposite of me. You know, in The Runaway a Killer, I had this long monologue, two-page monologue, but then it became emotional. I was able to cry. And then we did it again and again. And they're like making bets. You can't do it again. I did it seven times in a row with different angles, close-up, medium-close. And... uh the eighth time, it dried up.
0: <laughs> Not surprised, but you know, even you to didn't... do it more just... than two times. Oh yeah. So. Uh... I've got to say, and... when I, you know, obviously I'm very familiar with your work, and this this one film I've just got to ask about you because this uh, this was one of my and still is favourite films, but I remember the first time that I watched it I must have been like in my early teens and I saw it on the television and I've watched it so many times since I really love this film and I'd love for you to tell any stories that you can from being um, in The Ultimate Warrior oh yes Yul, Yul Brenner. Mm-hmm. uh I really really
1: liked him and we worked well together and uh, you know I, I, I mess around on this and I throw my voice and, you know, people, they think it's like, just a minute, Mel, someone's calling me, they'll run over there, say, what do you want? I didn't call you. Anyway, I got Yule Brenner three days in a row. And, and he, and all I'm standing by him, and uh, I threw my voice, and he he goes into a king and I stance. And he says, <laughs> okay. okay, I know you're in that dressing room, and when you come out, you're off this picture. You're fired. <laughs> So I said, well, what happened? He said, someone's been calling me in hiding for three days. And now he's in there. And I knew nobody was in there <laughs> because I did it. So I said, you want me to go look? He says, yeah, I went in. And I said, there's nobody there. And he, he just, uh, his face is red. He walked. Through. I never called him again either. <laughs> but uh, we had a, uh, I did the second toughest stunt in the whole movie. And uh, how it happened was uh, I had, I'm playing the one character, the tracker, and uh, you had this other stunt man I was supposed to do, but the director says, he looks too angelic, so they, they fired him. And he said to me, I'm gonna enhance your part so you could do him, can you do that stunt? I go, oh yeah. And the stunt coordinator goes, "Melt, you know what you gotta do? Yeah, I got a false, I'm six foot two. I said, I fall six feet. No, you don't. You fall, you fall 12 feet, two inches from your head. And then there's a two by two foot uh, balsa wood square. Here's the pebble. It's like in his train, old train station there. And it's all sand. he says, you're going to fall in head first. And at the last second, turn to your left. And you got a lit torch. And then you go down another six, six feet. And that's all concrete wall. So I immediately says, Lord, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have said yes. <laughs> and uh, and so we did it. We did a, uh, you know, you had like the bubble there. And uh, well, let, let's just try it without the torch being lit. So I did it. And he says, where's the torch, Mel? It's right between my legs, all the way home. And I'm going, torch out, torch out, torch out. So the next day, they got three cameras going and it's a very, very difficult entailed scene and this is where I finally confront him and I got the knife in one hand and the sword and I'm quick as an athlete and Yul Brenner is like one, two, three, one, going backwards. So the uh, two producers, Weintraub Re- and Heller, they were on, they were on Klaus because he was getting behind schedule, so he came over to me and said, "Don't f this up, Mel." I said, <laughs> "Thanks a lot." I didn't need to hear that. <laughs> so, as soon as we did the first, first one, I mean, I could have burned Yul burner's chin in a minute, but you know, you burned him, but I get fired? So I had to. And, and Klaus says, "Come on, Mel. Doesn't look like you won him." And Yul Brynner says, yeah, come on. I said, can we do it right away again? And I did. I went after his chin. He wasn't doing one, two, three. He was stepping back real fast. <laughs> God, Brent, that's what I wanted. <laughs> and then when I did the, uh, after he stabbed me and I go head first, I mean, it was amazing. Like, God really protects me on that one. And now I'm down there in that way down underneath of that six feet from, and they're all clapping. And Yul Brenner's going, bravo, bravo. So, and then that's when they put those 40 live rats on me. <laughs> uh, I had uh, sunflower seeds and peanut butter. It looked, it looked like they were eating it, and like I, my probe, my head was like, to, to away. so I held my breath for like a minute and a half, and all at once this big rat started going up my arm, and I thought, he comes close to my face, so I'm gonna screw this shot up, I don't <laughs> care. And so the, the camera could see the one side, so on my other side I went, Pfft so he skittered off but uh, that was uh i really enjoyed that uh working with him in max von cito oh yeah of uh, course that, yeah yo, max yeah. yeah first question i ask him how did you prepare when you played jesus <laughs> well uh uh well uh i mean i had him cornered there <laughs> so, but, you know that picture should have been really a big hit. For some reason it wasn't. Yeah. I don't know. If it distributed properly. 'Cause Yule Brenner was wonderful in there. As was Max Voncito, William Smith, Joanna Miles. I mean it was uh it was really, really uh go remember when I'm walking there and then one one of the guys was up against he's hanging on a wall? Mhm. As I walk by, nobody could see on camera. He's going, help me, help me. <laughs> like in the fly, when when, they, when the guy, when the spider's coming after the fly. Remember the movie, The Fly? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so Klaus says, okay, Mel, that was really good, but it looked like you're almost ready to smile, so let's do it once more. So as I walk back, I said to the guy, I stopped, and I says, you do that once more, I'm going to break your arm. He didn't do it anymore <laughs> <laughs> oh but I, I grew good memories in that they gave they made me an honorary stuntman stuntman's association and you've you've done a lot of stunts too yeah yeah that uh in uh sort of heaven i did that you know the director was was late on a set which i couldn't believe and we got this big scene i got to do so I worked it out with Lou Casamasa. Uh, he had his karate kids there and uh, where I was throwing these guys around, flipping them over and uh, it, it really seemed worked out well. When I showed a director what we we're gonna do, he said, oh, that's great, you bailed me out. I said, don't ever do that again. I said, that's very unprofessional. This is my butt up on that screen and you can't just, just not, not do this. Then his girlfriend, who was a casting director, she was playing one of the women that I, one of the people that I kill with a garat So, I, and, 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 the, and the, the line was, it's just this terrible line. Should have paid out, rich bitch, it might have been nice. So I said, I don't wanna do that. I said, that's gauche. Well, what do you wanna do? I said, I wanna stroke, stroke her cheek and then kiss her and say, should have paid up, it might have been nice. He said, Mel, she's dead. I said, think about my character. He doesn't have one oar in the water. <laughs> but then when I went to, you know, now we're rehearsing. I told her, now you're dead. Don't respond. I kissed her and she's like almost swallowing me. I said, don't do that. You're going to screw this shot up. So we did it again and she put her tongue in my I says, you do that again. I'm going to bite it. Don't you do this. this is, be a professional. And and the, and the director, boyfriend, he's going, what's going on? What's going on? I said, see? And then she said, can I babysit for you? No. <laughs> you, you, your, your boyfriend, the director, is editing, and I don't want to get edited out, so no thank you. <laughs> but she screwed the shot up. And She's supposed to be dead, and her eyes were blinking. And I said, even one time I put my hand over her eyes, she wouldn't blink. <laughs> so that, that she messed that shot up. I was really bummed on that one.
0: You've, I've seen you do this in so many films as well, like you said there, you, you're you one of these actors where, especially when you're playing the bad guy, you don't need any lines. You can do it with a look. You've got one of those that you, if you give that luck, the the, the other character yeah. knows they're not going to mess with you. <laughs> yeah, like... it, it, I, I work a lot with my eyes and I,
1: they'll look right through you. And I remember Steve told me, Steve McQueen, don't worry about the line. Just just have the important ones. Let everybody else have all that stuff. Just have the important ones. And he says, you you got a great look, and you, you zero in with your eyes. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's... Uh, I remember in, uh, when I was doing Force of Darkness, I wanted to play the detective. And a producer-director says, you're the only actor in Hollywood who knows and understands about demonic uh, oppression and possession. So we want you to play the guy possessed by demons. And I saw Thanks a lot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in fact, uh, one scene I did with this, uh, he was supposed to be a psychiatrist, and he went to the director and said, I- is this guy an actor, or is he really fr- from an insane asylum? He said, he- he's scaring me.
0: <laughs> that's, that's, that's definitely you playing the part properly there. Then, right that that, there, was, that there? was
1: funny, you know.
0: And we talked, I mean, we've mentioned, like, we've talked like Bruce Lee and and, and Jim Kelly, you know, all this, the, the martial arts stuff we haven't mentioned. You've been in two films with Chuck Norris as well.
1: Yeah, I for an Eye. Uh, we did that in San Francisco. And uh, back when I did that, that when I when the Asian guy, the big, he, he's like a world wrestler. Uh, so he, he grabs me by the throat, you're supposed to look like you're choking somebody. This guy grabs me and he's, and he's choking. And I, and I, it's like I, I hit him in the chest and said, what the hell are you doing? Are you crazy or what? So I told the director, you better have somebody tell him what he needs, needs to do. He's not, this is a no wrestling contest. He followed me around all day. Oh, I'm sorry. And I'm going, and low down. I'm sorry. And he, you know, big tough guy. He, He was like, tougher than that one in uh, Goldfinger. Remember the... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how he was. So, but, uh, yeah, that that guy I played was like, uh, what was that drug that they have for the Asian where they smoked this big, long pipe? Uh, oh. He- not heroin, but... Anyway, I can
0: picture the scene. I can picture the scene. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I had to be careful that my, when they were dragging and going with the car dragging, that my foot didn't get near the tire because it was pulled right underneath. There's always tricks when you're doing stunts to be careful. And uh, I had my, I had a cracked rib in Game of Death and I had a cracked rib in uh, the other one and Black Bell Jones. Other than that, I never got hurt. So I was really fortunate.
0: Wow, yeah, you were really fortunate. You know, going back to how we started this as well, you didn't get injured playing offense and defense in football too.
1: Oh, yeah, that's... uh,
0: To to get away with injuries doing that is is something else.
1: Oh, yeah, but, you know, they see a lot of guys now with all the concussions because it's a brutal sport. I mean, you get... Some of those guys get hit and nailed. Like Roger Staubach, I remember he had about 15, uh, 15 where he had concussions.
0: I think that's one of the main things now, isn't it? I know oh, yes. Get his name, uh, um, one of the young guys, I think, oh, I forgot what team he was from. I think he's like only 24 and he's retired because he's had a, yeah, big, he's
1: very, yeah. for fear of what's going to happen because some of those guys are like veg vegetables and, uh. And I've, I've seen guys who did those hallucinatory drugs and they, they're, they're not themselves anymore.
0: Mean mm-hmm.
1: you know, for what? To get high for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, so was it just that short term gain? And it's like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know,
1: I, I, don't, I don't get invited to those parties and I, I used to get, get some really nice parties and uh, they said, don't bring that guy anymore. He doesn't drink. He doesn't uh, smoke. He doesn't do drugs, and he talks about Jesus. It really <laughs> makes us nervous. <laughs> One other party I went to, and he says, "What do you want to drink?" I said, "I'll well, have some ginger ale and cranberry juice mix, please." Yeah, but what do you want to drink? I said, "I just told you." But that's not a drink. What do you want to drink? I don't drink. Oh, you recovered alcoholic? I didn't say that. I'm not. I never drank in my life. I'm not enough. You never drank. Everybody drinks. Well, I haven't. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: that was all I wanted was some cranberry
0: juice and ginger ale. <laughs> That's crazy that they automatically assume you know that you're either a recovering alcoholic or you need something you, you do want alcohol in it. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I worked with somebody. Dan Aykroyd was really a nice guy, good actor, and uh, just a lot. I listen, a lot of people. I remember I did a Mannix. That was my first big role on TV, and. Uh, Mike Connors, super nice guy. And that was the first time I killed someone. I got a silencer, shot him right in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and walked away like nothing happened. <laughs> well,
0: uh, yeah. And then how many, how many people after that have you killed? So many. So- you know,
1: I was doing... Uh, remember Chuck Connors?
0: Oh, I certainly do, rifle, yeah.
1: His son, his son, really nice guy. He was going to come down to... Uh, Skidrow and, and LA Kind and play and sing and he's very good. Well, he had that sleep apnea and had that surgery and and he died like a day later somebody something happened bad. And so I did Joe Williamson, my manager, you know, super nice guy and he's really really good at what he does and we're, we're we're friends. And I don't use that term loosely. So Joe set it up for me to do the memorial for for uh, his son, my, Chuck's son. And uh, so he introduced me, you got all those, you got Hugh O'Brien, you got all those Western stars there. And uh, so Joe said, said a lot of nice things about me. And then right as I'm kind of, on up Mel, why is I'm coming up? And then Joe says, yeah, and Mel, Mel killed over a hundred people in the movies. And I said, "Thanks a lot, Joe. I'm ready to do his service." He's telling him, "I'm I'm an ordained minister." He says, oh yeah, Mel killed over a hundred people. <laughs>
0: oh, it's. I think it's so great though because because you're a minister, and it's it's that juxtaposition between the real life you and the on screen you. I I love. Yes. I love the difference between that and that you you're still ongoing with both i think it's just fantastic
1: yeah and i I did a movie called giants remember them that was like a remake of them
0: Oh, i remember them yeah
1: yeah and uh but i helped save the world on that one and in power elite i played the president of the united states so i didn't die in everyone but just (laughs) a lot of them i did uh hey I, i i enjoy playing the villains
0: and we mentioned yeah, as well earlier you've got so many films you know upcoming this year and and into next year is this something then that you want to continue now that you're you're back keeping busy with the acting side is that do you want to continue sure. with that as well yeah yeah uh
1: you know it's it's good I, i'm able to like leo fong he always works around my schedule so that works out good now uh, i and uh april 9th I got a big day shooting for Runaway Killers. And then uh, I think I uh, got one, that big, big, big finale scene. And I'm finished with that. And I'm waiting for, uh, for Greg to uh, get that last scene that I have to do, which is really a, a good one. And uh, then to go on to... Uh, syndicate masher and i'm 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 just a cold you know it's like I shoot this one guy, put five bullets in him, like no emotion at all.
0: <laughs> I'm so looking forward to all of these films, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you ever get to
1: California?
0: Unfortunately not, I've been to America a few times, but I've always been to the east coast yeah, it, 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 yeah, it just ends up with that I'm always there, um. And I'm hoping to get back there this summer, but again, it'll be the East Coast. Yeah, we just, uh, they had that huge, you
1: got—they had all kind of uh, the karate actors and actresses in that uh, that epic martial arts, it was like the Academy War of Martial Arts, and uh, Alan Goldberg, who runs it, and I stayed at the Tropicana in uh Atlantic City, a beautiful hotel. I mean you need a 3A roadmap and a lunch to find where you're going. <laughs> so it was uh, it was good.
0: It sounds like it you're was... having
1: you're having a good time at the moment,
0: Mel. It, it sounds like yeah you're...
1: yeah, and I have a, a wonderful relationship with my daughters. The one one lives in Oregon, but I've been up there fourteen times in the last five, five and a half years because I minister in Vancouver Washington
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I stay with my daughter they have a guest house I stay in and I got a three-year-old and a five-year-old grandkid that uh, they love me to pieces and then Elijah is 14 so it's it's good you know you uh, I do counseling a lot a lot of issues of life from the from the people's youth lingers on mm-hmm and uh so it's like i I learned to reach out and help uh i right now i have several people that have terminal terminal cancer so i gotta try to encourage you know yeah so and then on a set too i I, I get people that come to me and uh, when they're struggling so it works out
0: that's good it must be just so rewarding for you on all levels
1: yes yes it it really has been and the the fact that i should have died six times and uh i've had 27 surgeries i got scars all over my body but god's not concerned about my scars is what i did with them Mm -hmm. yeah so i got i got better i did not get bitter because bitterness is a poison and uh this one inmate says, how did your faith get so strong? I says, through adversity. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So it's, you know, it's amazing how you go through these things and it's not easy. But you've come out the other side every time as well, haven't yeah, you? That's, yeah, that's, that's, and that's what people watch you. And so when when they see that, then they see, hey, yeah, he just told me God doesn't show partiality. Maybe God can do it for me. I always to encourage because discouragement is the devil's most worn-out tool, and it's destructive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and then people see the things I've gone through in life, and that I'm not, you know, bitter or living in a prison of unforgiveness. So that helps too. When people see, they watch you like a hawk.
0: Talking about people watching you, Mel. How can the listeners to this uh, follow what you're doing? Is there any way online that they can keep up to date yes. with everything that you're doing?
1: Yes. If they go to www. And it's M E L N O V A K. N like North, V like Victory. dot Com. That's my website. And you have testimonies in it, You have updates. You have all all kind of things that I've done. You got scenes from movies uh pictures, tons of pictures. So, it's a good place to go. You get to know me better when you go to the website and you see what I do. Uh, I've been ministering on Skid Row. T- this coming Sunday, Easter Sunday, will be 33 years that I've ministered on Skid Row. Oh, wow, that's and, amazing. And tw- yeah, 29 years in prisons and there's no paycheck. But God takes care of my needs, not my greeds. Philippians 4.19 and, uh, like you said the rewards when you see people like I'm going to get this uh in the last scene in the uh, runaway killers my my buddy Brady I led him to the lord in Pelican Bay the worst penitentiary in the country got big tattoos on his arm and this super you know he, his testimony was in June if you look at June testimonies of 2014 and when he sent that to me I I, I literally wept when, I, when any inmate says, I love you and respect you, that's that's it. They, they will do whatever it takes to help protect you. Because i got to sign a paper if I'm taking the hostage. They don't make deals. And there's no deputies in there. It's me and the inmates. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of, it's not easy. You get, I just did six services in four days and I was wiped out. I was wiped out because, you know, you're, you're you're behind enemy lines and you're in the in the devil's territory and all this stuff and it does it does drain. And uh, I I did a fight in the movie three four years ago that I hit the concrete seven times and the a disc jammed over two inches, laying on a nerve. So when I'm standing or walking, I'm in, I'm in brutal pain. Yeah and i i trashed my shoulder playing softball so i have pain all the time and uh it's
0: you, like you make a difference don't melt in, in a lot of different ways to people's lives with the work that you do you know being a minister with even if something just through the parts that you play in films and fans like myself again look forward to the films that you do so it's it's so good that you are making differences to people's lives in all sorts of ways
1: well that that's the that's the real positive part of it and uh, not much love in the world David and you got to bring love to these people who've been rejected abandoned betrayed abused a lot of walking wounded hurting people wherever you go Uh, whether I've been to Different parts of the... Hey, I went back to Hong Kong. Uh, I don't know how many... I probably about... Eight, maybe eight years ago. And uh, ministered there and in Taipei. You had a whole bunch of Buddhists came to hear Stick the Assassin, but they heard Mel the Preacher. A whole bunch of them, you know, gave their life to the Lord. And I went to Taipei, Taiwan. And uh, it was... It's amazing. It's, no matter where you go, people recognize you. Oh yeah. Some, sometimes uh, I'll be at the airport and they say, I know you're an actor, but I don't know your name and I'll go, Well that's okay, I don't know your name either. What's your name? <laughs> or or I'll say, Well, Isaiah forty five three, God knows my name but it's it, it's it's good, you know, and uh like I say, after that happened, there was two ways I could when when my career was gone, my scholarships were gone, everything was gone, there were two ways to go had I turned to drugs or alcohol, my life would have been destructive. Yeah. I probably wouldn't even be here. But God had a plan. And, uh, so it, it's a blessing. I've done, you know, probably 30, some starring, co-starring, and I've done other ones, and made a lot of good people, and
0: just, just,
1: uh, like a blessing.
0: Well, long may you continue to, uh, to entertain us and, and to, with your ministry work as well Mel
1: oh thank you David yeah I really uh, anytime you would like me all you gotta do is let me know I like will... me to be on your show yeah cause that was hey if you ever have any anything in Wales tell them, you know, get me a ticket I'll come
0: oh definitely the door's always open here in, in Wales for you Mel definitely
1: sure, cause you never know uh, they have you know you have some what they call from, from, from the states coming there, that you may have some big martial arts thing or whatever.
0: Yeah, we have, we have a few films. In fact, there's a, a big movie convention that's about 10 minutes up the road from here. They have it twice a year. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe we should get something well, sorted. Sure.
1: It's a, just tell them you, you, know, you have a buddy from California. We're Steeler Buddies. Oh, yes. let's keep,
0: Let's keep our fingers crossed for this season. Oh, it made me <laughs> sick when I lost that. Oh, I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll be sending you. Why messages. did I
1: watch this? That's what I'm going. What is the matter with you?
0: Of all the teams to get beat by the Ravens? No, oh, the Ravens.
1: <laughs> I put the jinx on them all the way down till they lost, and that's like, <laughs>
2: good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for giving me your time, Mel. It's it's been lovely, and all being well, this won't be the only time that we get to chat as well. Good.
1: Yeah, I love it, love it. And uh, maybe next time you have more more stories about what we're doing. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, with all the work that you've got upcoming, I'm sure we'll, we'll have to have you back and have an update on everything. That's. that's oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, we will do. Just let me know. We will. You take care, David. God bless you and, uh, and all the people that listened. Thank you, Mel. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Okay. All right. Bye-bye now. and once again 60 minutes goes by in a flash A huge thank you to Mel for joining me, it's always a pleasure when I get the chance to chat to people whose work I've admired for many many years, like I said when I was talking to him. uh, I think he first came to prominence with me when I watched Ultimate Warrior and uh, in the years between then and now I've watched him so many times and hopefully uh, from the sound of it he's going to be so busy there's a lot more new films to watch him in that will be happening over the next few years too. Um, You can visit his website like you said which is melnovak.com. You can also visit our website which is 60minuteswith.com. UK. On there, there's a contact us form, should you wish to uh, message us for any reason at all. We always like emails coming in. You can also email us direct, which is contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. You can follow us on Facebook, which is facebook.com 60minuteswith. And also follow us on Twitter, which is at 60minuteswith this is it another interview show gone it's been so busy lately um, and I'm looking forward to having Mel back on again keeping us updated with everything that he's doing we've mentioned quite a few films one being Samurai Cop 2 we've mentioned that uh, as you probably well know if you listen to 80s Picture House as well so that's a big film that we're looking forward to and all the others that he's doing so all that remains to be said is whoever you are wherever you are thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with another show very soon